Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. You all, this is the last episode of 2022. We are going to take a very small break for the holidays, but we will be back in January with some super fun news. I mean, like big time super fun news and a brand new list of rock star do good guests. But before we move into a new year, I want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us every week and sharing these stories in organizations with your circle. We have truly grown so much in the past few months, and that would not be possible without you. We love you, and we thank you so, so much, and we hope you keep listening. I also want to encourage you to go easy on yourself this holiday season. I just left a wonderful therapy appointment, shout out to my girl Chelsea, who reminded me to take this time to rest and check in with your people and remember that not everything has to be done right now. So I hope that you are finding some peace and some snuggles in the next few weeks. In the meantime, I'd like to give you a little end of the year challenge. First, if you haven't followed us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BGCFKY, number one, what are you doing? Go ahead and do that. Two, pull out your phones right now unless you are driving and then make a mental note to do it when you stop. But give us a follow. But then I want you to do something good today. Whatever that means to you, if it's a self-care day, a volunteer day, a donation day, a hold the door for someone day, a I'm choosing to be happy today day. Whatever your good day looks like, I challenge you to go for it. And if you want to share that story with us, tag us on social media at BGCFKY. But if you don't, And if you want to keep that moment to yourself, you do that. We are proud of you anyway. But if you want to share the stories, that would be really cool too. Today's guest is arguably one of the heaviest hitters we've had in the pod lab. I mean, this person walked into Radio Lex and everyone stood. There were handshakes everywhere. Business cards were going about. It was intense. But it was so fun. She has the biggest heart and she has been a leader in the Lexington community for almost two decades. I was so excited to talk to her. I was on the verge of tears the entire time. And I can't wait to close out 2022 with her and with you. Here is Mayor Linda Gordon.
you? Oh, I'm just fine. It's really good to be here with you. I'm so excited that you're here. I have to ask, since you're the busiest lady in the world, Mm -hmm. how does it feel to be an actual celebrity in Lexington, Kentucky? Well, that's an interesting (laughs) question because I don't think of myself as a celebrity. (laughs) Sure. It was so fun when you walked in because everyone was like, man. (laughs) A lot of people do know me. And when I'm out and about, tons of people come and talk to me Mm -hmm. and introduce themselves and are excited. But I don't think of myself as a celebrity, but... Um, so I love people. Yeah. So it's all good that way. Do you ever have those days where you're like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now? <laughs> no, not really. That's great. That's awesome. I'm a real, I'm an extreme extrovert. Okay. Uh, my staff will tell you that. And they frequently have to come and find me and get me to the next <laughs> thing because I'm talking with someone. Because yes. I find people fascinating. That's people so are really neat. interesting. Yeah. And so um, I love that. Well, let me ask, because eventually I'm going to stop saying this, but for now, I'm still relatively new to Lexington. Mm -hmm. I've only been here for a few years, but I'm really starting to get my feet. I'm really starting to fall in love with the community. Oh, good. (laughs) I bounced around a lot before I landed here, and I understand that your story is pretty similar. Yes. Can you take us a little walk down memory lane? Okay. Well, um, my memory lane's a lot longer than yours. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on this planet a a good while. And so when I first got married, my husband was on active duty in the Army. So five days after we were married, we were on our way to Germany. Mm -hmm. And I lived with him in Germany almost four years. And then we came back to Fort Benning, Georgia. He was infantry. So that's the home of the infantry. You just come and go from Fort Benning. And then we went to South Korea for a year and then went back to Fort Benning again. That's Georgia. And... um, I'm a registered nurse, so everywhere we went, I was able to find a nursing job, Mm -hmm. which was really great. And our first child was born at Fort Benning. We call her our Georgia Peach. Oh, cute. And then we came back to his home, Lexington, Mm -hmm. and settled in here. And so we've been here ever since. But wherever we went, I learned the language because we never lived in Army housing. We always lived in an apartment Mm -hmm. on the economy, as they say, we'd rent from a local landlord. And so I was able to speak German when we lived there. And I learned to speak Korean and, you know, do my shopping in the market. And it was, it was really wonderful. I loved that. How did that worldly experience kind of form the way that you lead in Lexington? Well, you know, I wish everybody had that experience, don't you? You've been around the block. Mm -hmm. And it's very helpful when you can see another culture and live in another language and find out what people in another country do and how they do it. And I think it really just expands your uh, experience and your knowledge and your view of how things are in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And that all plays into the kind of leader that you are, because when you add those layers of experience, I think it's really helpful. Mm. Do you think that leadership is a calling or a skill or a little bit of both? For me, it's a calling. Mm. 
What was it that made you hear that call for the first time? Well, you know, um, I've actually, I actually started enjoying leadership in high school. And I never thought of it as a calling, but I, it, I found it to be exciting and fun and interesting. So I kind of carried that forward. And I'm a registered nurse. A lot of people know that. And in nursing, we get a lot of leadership training mm-hmm. and understand how to lead teams of people and that kind of thing and, and what people need from a leader. And so I really would say that for me, it was a natural fit for me to come into elected office. I never had it on my radar to do that. Sure. But I did feel a deep... Um, I had a deep feeling that I needed to do this. It more for, I mean, it's, some people would think it sounds a little funny, but for the greater good, I love that. Yeah. And so it is a calling for me, and it's a perfect fit. Mm. It is a perfect fit. You yes. are just. I'm built for it. You're built for it. I really it. am. <laughs> it's the coolest. It's the coolest. Now, uh, I couldn't do it without the support of my husband because mm-hmm. he keeps, he's retired now and he keeps everything at home just rolling and going tickety boo, which I'm very blessed that way. Mm, what is his name? Charlie. Shout out, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) I thank him every day. (laughs) I was talking to my cousin, who is seven, and um, I believe she's got the spirit of maybe a 34, a very sassy 34-year-old woman. And with the local elections, she was Mm -hmm. learning about all of the different roles of local government. And I asked her what a mayor does. And she said, well, they're kind of like the president of a city. And I said, well, that's great. What does the president do? And she said, I have no idea, but I know that they are busy all the time. (laughs) So if you had to give the smallest glimpse into your everyday life or what that role is, explain to us what a mayor does for Alice. (laughs) Well, she, Alice is exactly right. (laughs) Uh, Especially about the busy part. Um, You know, mayors are expected to do and need to do a variety of things. The first most important job is to basically be the CEO of the city government. Mm -hmm. And we have about 3,000 employees. And so I, I am the leader of the government first. And that involves a lot. You know, we have a structure similar to a lot of businesses. We have human resources and we have revenue and accounting and budgeting and, you know, those kinds of divisions that you find throughout uh, businesses and universities. And so I take that very seriously. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, I was elected by the people, right? And so the people, I believe, expect their mayor to communicate and to help them understand the kinds of things that are coming up and that are happening, and to focus on the good of the community and making it better every day. Mm. And that's really what I focus on. And whether it's public safety or parks or arts or, you know, you can just name off a ton of things because you can imagine with 3,000 employees, we have a lot of different areas of focus. So 
It's a lot of things. Sometimes my day starts at the office at 7.30 and ends at 9 o'clock. Other days it's more normal, you know, 8 to 5, and I have a lot of a lot of responsibilities on the weekend because lots of groups like to have the mayor there mm-hmm. to help them celebrate, um, you know, whatever. Uh, speak. I do a lot of public speaking. You can tell Alice that. Yes. And uh, it's it's important. Those are all important. Mm-hmm. Now, some mayors don't do it the same way I do. Right. And it's up to the mayor to interpret what what he or she expects to do, you know. Yeah. And the public really likes to see their mayor and speak to their mayor. And I would say I'm very approachable. People approach me in restaurants. They approach me everywhere I am. <laughs> and the other day I was having a meeting in a local coffee shop, and a man said, "I, you know, for a minute there I thought you looked just like the mayor. <laughs> and I said, that's because I am. <laughs> but I love that because I love people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I know what the answer to this next question is going to be, but what is your favorite part? Of being the mayor. Oh, oh, that would have to be working with people mm-hmm. and helping solve problems mm. or, you know, taking on challenges. Now, we don't get to pick what our challenges are as leaders mm-hmm. because sometimes they're dropped in our lap, just like uh, the pandemic. Uh, heaven only knows, I started my first term talking about dreaming big. Mm which we all need to do. But when the pandemic hit, we sort of, our dreaming big was getting this community through this pandemic. And so we don't ever know for sure what those challenges will be, but we just lead on. You know, nurses are, we're, one of my friends said, Linda, when you're, when you're up there leading on different things, I can see the nursing process <laughs> in action. And there is a process, you know, you assess, you plan and you execute, basically, so mm-hmm. that the patient doesn't die. <laughs> right. That's the whole <laughs> to, deal. <laughs> just to put it in plain words. And so it's a lot like that. And I love working with people. I've always been that way. Mm. So it is about um, connecting with people, knowing and understanding what people want, Yeah. you know, and um I'm I'm just I'm so proud of the people in Lexington because the people helped us get through these last 3 years of pandemic wild economy. Oh my gosh, when we didn't know what our revenues were going to be for sure and through the uh, racial justice movement. I mean it, it all really informed us for the future. Yeah. And we're stronger for it. And so I thank the people, you know. Speaking of overcoming challenges, I'm watching a show right now on Netflix called 1899. And there is a character in this show that, I mean, she is just a light. She is so brilliant. And she's a doctor. And she's so helpful. And she just cares about everybody. Uh But she is always downplayed because she's a woman. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> you are a woman in power, a woman leader. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had to face adversity in that regard? And how do you continue to combat stereotypes of women leadership? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question because it's still out there. Mm. Now, I will say Lexington has I'm the third mayor to be a female mayor here. Right. And that is extraordinary. In some ways, we have a lot of cities in Kentucky that have never had a female mayor. And in Lexington, what I've learned over the years of serving on council as vice mayor and now mayor is if our city sees a woman that they think will be competent, they will vote her into office. However, I will say my first year as mayor, I remember I went to a ribbon cutting for a brand new woman-owned business. And I was so excited. And they said, well, we'll save you a parking place over here. It'll have mayor on it so that you can have a place to park and then get out. So we went to the parking lot and the person that was driving said, I see the spot over there, but there are a bunch of people milling around. And so I said, let me get out and just ask them if they can move aside. So I said to this one gentleman, I said, excuse me, but could you just move a little bit because we're trying to get into that parking place? And he said, oh, well, that's for the mayor. And I'm sure he would not appreciate it if you parked in his place. Mm. And I later found out this man was from out of town. So he just assumed the mayor was a man. Sure. And um, that wasn't really, you know, that was that was fine, but on I have had some fairly negative folks on Facebook uh, during my first campaign. One person said, "Why don't you just go back to the kitchen where you belong?" Mm. And I said, "Oh, <laughs> that's, no, thank you. <laughs> no, I think women still face some of that. We always want." good role models Mm -hmm. in women. I try to appoint plenty of women to our boards and commissions. And, you know, if you don't ever get a seat at the table, you can't be in the conversation. And that is true for all kinds of minorities. And so I take it seriously that part of my job is to lift up the people who usually aren't at the table for the discussion. Mm. My last guest was talking about how diverse this upcoming council is Mm -hmm. with people of different backgrounds and races and genders. And that has to be so exciting knowing Mm -hmm. that you get to work with all of those people for a lengthy amount of time. Yes. And it's really a first Mm -hmm. to have so many women for the first time ever, nine women on the council out of 15 and to have so so much diversity on the council now i will tell you it doesn't mean everybody thinks alike you know i've uh, seen councils where the women didn't all agree on everything sure (laughs) but it it is really nice to see that sort of council that the people, the voters, put together, mm-hmm. right? It's beautiful. So we'll see. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. Uh-huh. Now, how long have you been in Lexington as a resident and as a leader? As a resident, I have been here about, ooh, 
42 years, a long time, okay. more okay. than you've been on this earth. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and uh, as a le- as an elected leader, I spent 16 years on the council okay. as a council member. And the last four of those, I was elected vice mayor. So then I took a little break, four years. I was I thought I was retired. <laughs> and then I came back and ran for mayor. So I've had 16 plus four, and now I'll have another four. That's great. So how have you seen Lexington change, not just since the first time you moved here or the first time you got an elected position in leadership, but especially in this past year? There have been a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. And many of them have really been good. Um, and and I say that because the 2020 really was a defining year for us here. And you will remember, everybody remembers, we had a uh, lot of us were staying at home. Well, I wasn't. I worked every day. But we had about half of our uh, non-sworn employees at home mm-hmm. working. And we had the... Uh, economic downturn, then the wild upswing, then the downturn. And we had the uh, racial justice uh, protests here for 59 days. Mm. And so for me, that 59 days was really a defining moment. It was a cry for change. And I took that very seriously. So I formed my Commission on Racial Justice and Equality. And that was made up of 70 residents here in Fayette County who worked all summer to make recommendations back to me. And those recommendations, there were, I mean, they were in a variety of places, education, public safety, law enforcement, um, you know, social service type things. So we're working on implementing them. We've implemented a little over half of the recommendations, and they've changed the way we do things in government. I'll give you one quick example. The One of the recommendations was to put body-worn cameras on every single sworn officer. We had them, but not on every officer. And that was really, from my view, that was a protection of the officer and the public. You know, that was real, what that camera saw. And so those kinds of things made changes inside government, and they affect the people. We also know that we've had a a change in the workforce, and most, I would say most business sectors can't find enough people to work right now. Mm And it's a real dilemma. You know, we're at a very low unemployment rate, and yet we have a number of jobs that are going unfilled. Salaries and wages have raised Mm -hmm. because businesses can't get people to work, so they've raised the pay. I mean, it's a real—it's an interesting dilemma, and um, all of those things have changed kind of everything. Right. Our economy here is roaring. In Lexington, it's really going well right now. Um, <clears throat> there are always a few businesses that can't make it. And that's normal, mm-hmm. you know. But um, we've we've had a lot of those kinds of things. I think a lot of educating of our public about health care I've never known the public to be so informed 
about so many health issues, right? Right. And uh, that's a good thing. So a lot of changes like that Mm. and um, lots of civic participation, which is a good thing. We love that. Yeah. So a lot of good has gone on. Where do you see Lexington going in 2023? Well, we have a lot of plans for 2023. you know, right now we're on a roll with our economic growth, and I'm, uh, we're, we believe it will continue in 2023. And that's a good thing because when our economy is strong, that makes government revenues strong so we can serve the people, mm-hmm. have the revenue to serve the people, whether it's picking up your garbage or maintaining the parks or whatever, the trails, Um all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a budget that's um, over 50% public safety. And so we have to be able to pay for those things. So strong economy. I think that uh, participation in elected office and the input from our public is going to be very strong. I am currently working on a space study hoping that we can get a new city hall. Every mayor since about 2002 has presented a new plan for a city hall, and none of them have gotten accomplished. And I want to get this accomplished, and we're starting it in 23 with our space study to tell us how much space we really need. Okay. And then in 2023, I'll be appointing my commission for the 250th birthday celebration for Lexington. We're so two, we'll be 250 years oh old. Oh, my gosh. Do you know the word sesterscentennial? No. I bet you've heard bicentennial. Absolutely. Well, sesterscentennial is 250th birthday, <gasps> which I had to learn that word, too. <laughs> oh, so we but are partying in 2023. In 2025 is our celebration. Okay. But in 2023, we'll start the planning. Oh, I love And it. we're a year older than the Declaration of Independence. How cool is that? The absolute coolest. Yes. I can't believe I didn't know that. That should well, be common see, knowledge. See, you're learning a lot today. I'm learning so much today. It's so exciting. <laughs> Tell Alice you'll be the expert. I will. <laughs> now, of course, we are Bluegrass Community Foundation, and we have the Good Giving Challenge, which mm-hmm. you helped us out with this year, and mm-hmm. this is the Do Good Radio Hour. What does it mean to do good in Lexington, in your perspective? Oh, so it's a lot of things. And, you know, um, you've heard this saying before, there are givers and there are takers. Mm-hmm. And we are a community that gives in many ways. And one of the ways that we give is to support the Good Giving Challenge, because we know that goes on to support nonprofits, which are doing really hard, important work in our community. So we urge everyone to give of their whatever financial resources they can, whether it's $1, $5, $100, or $1,000. And you can select nonprofits to support. That's that's a really important way to give, and Lexington steps up. A lot of people give of their time, you know, volunteering in nonprofits. And I think at a very basic level, help your neighbor if your neighbor needs something and can't 
quite accomplish it, help them out. I mean, we to me, it's important that we be a friendly, neighborly community. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, Lexington has shown that over and over and over. You look at uh, the tornado in western Kentucky and the floods in eastern Kentucky and all the people who stepped up from our community who gave to help those people who lost everything. Right. So it's it's a lot of things, isn't it? It's a lot of but, things. But uh, Bluegrass Community Foundation does a great job of raising uh, resources for nonprofits, and it's it's a good time of the year to give. The holidays are right around the corner, and let me tell you, we have a surprise for you. Now it won't be coming out until after the new year, but it is going to be so cool, you are not going to believe it. So stay tuned for the first episode of the Do Good Radio Hour in 2023 for a very big announcement. And let's say you want some early access to all of the tea, then you should follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY for all the goods. We are so excited. It is so hard to keep the secret. Okay, love you. Bye. It's all good. Oh, are we going we to are the going lightning round? The lightning round. We call oh. it BGCF Fast Facts. Oh, no. Let's see. Is it really a lightning, ro- a lightning round? Because I sometimes can talk a long time about not one we, lightning round question. Yeah, we say that it is not a sprint, but a very gentle stroll. Oh, I love that. We, yeah, very nice, breezy stroll. Okay. So are you ready? Oh, I don't know if I am or not. I guess I am <laughs> since I'm sitting here at the microphone. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Oh, now I am a reader. Mm. I love reading. And um, I have been for years. And before I was in elected office, I read about six to eight books a month. I'm a real reader. So I've just finished reading two books by a new author to me. Her name is Tara French. Okay. And all they're all mysteries. I love mysteries, for one thing. And they're all set in Ireland. And I love that. So I've just finished two of those books. And I'm getting ready to read. Have you heard a book called March? I have heard of this or, book. And, and the author is Geraldine Brooks. Yes. Well, she won a Pulitzer Prize for that mm-hmm. book. And it's based on Mr. March in Little Women. Mm-hmm. He left the family to go to the Civil War. And I'm, I've heard so many good things about it. So I'm going to read that because I want to read it first. It was her Pulitzer Prize book. But then I'm going to read her book called Horse. It's about the great thoroughbred Lexington. Oh, I love. Yeah. That's so, so exciting. So that's what I'm doing. I, I like a lot of different kinds of books. Now let me ask, are you a Kindle reader or are you a physical page-turning reader? If I can have it, I like my physical book. Absolutely. Uh, if I'm on an airplane and going to be gone a while, I've done a Kindle. Okay. But it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> if you're a real book lover, it's just not the same. No. But I can do it. You know, okay. I've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. Right. What are you watching right now? Oh, my gosh. You mentioned Netflix. Okay. So I don't have a lot of time to watch. I'm sure. But I am 
trying to catch up on The Crown. Mm. Have you seen it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I watched all the originals. Yep. And then they took that. How long was the break? The longest. The longest. Too long. And now I've seen about two of the most recent ones. And I I love that. It's about to get juicy. It's about. <laughs> Put your it is, on isn't air. it? It's oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love it. Now, are you going to watch the Harry and Meghan thing on Netflix? I don't know. I don't either. Because I also, another thing I like is good old PBS, the Mm. Masterpiece Mystery. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love those. And if I can't watch them at the time, I record them. So, okay. you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of time to watch. So I rely on recording a lot of things or going back to look, find them online and stuff like that. Oh, when you finish The Crown, you're going to have to email me. Okay. All right. <laughs> Have you seen the first part? Yes. Oh. Okay. Oh, it is Chef's Kiss. I it's love so it. Good. I love it. You're going to love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you listening to right now? I'm listening to you. Oh, great. <laughs> yes. When you're in your car, are you listening to the Do Good Radio Hour as well? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Okay, great. Yes. Um, I really like a variety of things, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. Uh, music, I love music. and I, You loved the records in here, coming into Radio West. I did, I did. You were pointing out some, some yes, records on the some floor. some really old, probably valuable ones yeah. that are now on the floor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we're walking over. But I like a wide variety of music. Um, I always have. And, I mean, everything. From the only thing, and I'm going to say it out loud so somebody will probably get yeah, in touch please. with me to help me learn to like it. But the only thing I haven't really gotten into is rap. Okay. Okay. Now, now Divine Karama has helped me like hip hop. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. Like, I talk to Divine, and and he's got some good hip hop, mm-hmm. and I love country music because there's always a good story. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Thank God and Greyhound, she's gone. Have you ever heard that song? I, have. <laughs> I mean, there's always a really good sto- a good song, and then with the story there, and then I love oldies, all kinds of oldies. I mean, I could I like classical music mm-hmm. when I need something peaceful, and so I like I I listen to a few podcasts, but mm-hmm. my issue with a podcast is I usually can't finish the whole thing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I'm I'm rather. I, I like a lot of variety there. Eclectic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you eating right now? Oh, my gosh. Right now, nothing. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. <laughs> I've been to a number of <laughs> holiday celebrations that have food. Um, I'm an adventuresome eater. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of different things, and I like spicy food. Oh, okay. And so I've got this kind of – I like breakfast. And sometimes I don't get lunch because it just gets squeezed out of the work day. But so I'll do some of my favorite things are are for breakfast I'll put a little bit of cottage cheese in a bowl, walnuts, blueberries, strawberries. And that's kind of like a I love that. Then maybe the next day I'll fix an egg with garlic, jalapeno peppers, a little hot sauce, some avocado and some Parmesan cheese. Mm. I mean it's a really tasty. Oh and there's a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that kind of breakfast. Now, I don't eat that one real often, but I eat it a couple times a week. That's beautiful. 
and I am a kind of um, I like a lot of vegetables and fruits. I'm just naturally I like that. Right. I like pasta. Oh yes, pasta you know? barrage. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, they make the Delish. best. So I, you know, I enjoy eating. I enjoy eating with people, of course, mm-hmm. and lots of different things. Mm. What are you most scared of? Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> What am I most scared of? I'm not generally a fearful person. Um, I don't know what I'm most scared of, um, that I won't live to see a female president. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that is I'd really to like to about. live yes. to be see a female president of the United States. But that's not a real fear. I don't I don't really have a real fear. Okay. Any real fears. Have you ever thought about running for president? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. We will shut that door right now. You can be that the president of That door is closed. <laughs> Tight. It's locked. The the house is burnt down, everything. Yep. Yep. I love I love working at the local level because yeah. you impact people immediately. Mm-hmm. And they live right next door to you, you yeah. know? It's all good. I like local. And we're nonpartisan here. So I don't have to get wrapped up in the partisan politics. Right. Which is really great. That's beautiful. Yeah. What are you most proud of? Oh, okay. Um, I would say in two different, wildly different places. Yeah. Uh, first, I am very proud of my 51-year marriage to mm. my husband. Shout out, Charlie. Which Shout out, Charlie, <laughs> which represents a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any married couple knows that. And the two children we had together and the way they have turned into wonderful adults. And, you know, you never know about your children. Sure. Uh, I'm sure your parents worried about you, right? Every Mine second. worried about me. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, this is getting kind of philosophical, and I don't really want to get into this too much, but we're here for a short amount of time on this mm-hmm. earth. And I think that one of the most um, meaningful things is to raise children who become uh, productive, giving back Mm -hmm. adults. And then on the other side of the coin, I am really proud of the work that we did getting through the pandemic here. Absolutely. It took my team, which is full of wonderful senior leaders, and the community to do this. And a lot of cities did not survive as well as we did. And that is a tribute to all the people who helped us, mm-hmm. the business community, the healthcare community, the you can just name it off, nonprofits. And inside government, we have 3,000 employees who were so dedicated, whether they were working at home or not. So I'm very proud of the efforts there. Mm-hmm. Who do you look up to? Um, locally, <laughs> Isabel Yates has been my mentor for a long time. Do you know her? I know Have you met of her? her. I've not met her, but I did transcribe some quotes from her just recently, oh. actually. <laughs> well, she, when I was very first a council member, she was the vice mayor. Mm. And she is one feisty, great role model. And she showed me how to be a leader and a person in power, 
And she showed me that you don't have to yell and you don't have to be a bully and you don't have to pound on people to get things done. And I love her. She's a dear friend to this day. Mm. And, um, you know, she will soon be a century old. And that's it's quite an accomplishment. And she's just been a, a wonderful role model for me. I have admired over the years many of the female leaders like Indira Gandhi. Mm-hmm. I mean, these kind of women really lived in a man's world and reached the ultimate job in their countries. Um, you know, for better or worse, Margaret Thatcher, I learned a lot from her. Now, she was a different kind of leader. Sure. And uh, some of those kinds of women who have been at the forefront of leading in their countries have been inspirations to me. Um, So those are just kind of quick off the top of my head, you know. And when Isabel was vice mayor, Pam Miller was our mayor. And, of course, she was a... She was a wonderful role model. Mm-hmm. I was really lucky. The first two years on council, mm-hmm. I had those women as my role models. Oh, that's the best. So imagine a female mayor and a female vice mayor, and they taught me so much. Gosh, and I bet they got things done. They did get things <laughs> done. <laughs> you know, Isabel, you kind of didn't dare tell her no. Right. I, I don't know how to say that any better, but um, she did her homework. She always knew what she was talking about, and if she didn't, she'd find out. Mm. And that is the mark of a good leader who doesn't just assume things or hear something in the public and assume it's correct. She gathered information. She knew what was going on. She read everything, and Mm. it was really good that way. So Mm. I love those women. What are you most looking forward to? Like today? Or Let's do today next week. and 2023, since this is the last oh, episode of the year. Today, let's see. Well, I'm today. I've I'm looking forward to being with even more people tonight at two different holiday receptions, Yay. and I'll drag Charlie along with me. <laughs> he gets to go to the things he wants to go to. That's great. <laughs> but it is a season for lots of receptions and people enjoying each other's company. And um, I'm looking forward to that first council meeting in January when we get this new council seated and the new vice mayor. And I think it'll be real exciting. We've got a lot of hard work to do. Sure. But and a lot of educating, because when you become a new council member, there's a kind of a high hill to climb just to understand what all's going on. Right. Process, et cetera. I mean, when you think about starting a new job, there's always the learning curve. I cannot imagine the learning curve of being a city council member. Yes, and they've each, you know, 12 of them represent a district, each Mm -hmm. of them. And they've got to figure out what their their people in the district want and what the needs are and what hasn't been done that should be done. Not an easy task. No. Not an easy task. So anyway, it's all good. Mm -hmm. Why do you love our community? Oh, it's got to be the people, the friendliness, the beauty. We are, you know, we always have issues. I, let me just get that said, because we're not, no one is perfect. No city's perfect. But we have a phenomenally good, nice 
great city. And most cities don't have 10 minutes away this beautiful agricultural land, this ag business ring around our urban area. I mean, we've got a great place here. Yeah. And lots of people come here and they're stunned at the type of city we are. We have wonderful partnership with the University of Kentucky. We have, you know, business partnerships. We're, I, it's a great place. A lot of people are astounded mm -hmm. at what kind of city we are because they think they have a stereotype. Oh, there's really no place in Kentucky. They haven't been here and they don't think there's a good place. Mm. Last question. Yes. Why do you love yourself? You know, that is the oddest question. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> because I've never thought about how I love myself. <laughs> um, how, how do I love myself? Why do you love Why yourself? do I love myself? Yes. <laughs> um, well, you know, um, I guess really the only thing I can think of at the moment <laughs> Is and my children might be better to answer that question about me, but or my husband, but um, you know I was uh, raised by uh, two people who were teenagers in the Great Depression and they didn't have much, and I was raised to work hard and to always always respect people no matter who they were, and so for me that kind of that kind of upbringing. Uh, has led me to, I think, serve people because I get it, you know, everybody wants to be respected. And I do, you do, everyone wants to be heard and respected and treated well. And that is, that's really, I think, part of my niche is um, working for people. Mm. That's what I do every day. And I love that. So that's me. And I guess I love me for that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what other people say to that question. No, but that perfect. But I consider myself a servant leader for people. And I've always been that way. So, um, you know, it's all good, it's right? It's all good. Yeah. So, Mayor, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank this you. This has been the coolest. I've been looking forward to this episode since I started doing this show in September, and I am so thrilled, and I hope that you come back and visit us. Thank maybe you. I definitely year. will. Oh. Oh, maybe we can make this a, a thing. A thing? Yeah. You can, we could make it a thing. Oh, my gosh. Right? thing with the mayor. Jealous. We, we could. <laughs> Alice might be jealous. Alice will be very jealous. I will be sure to let her know. Yeah, but I'll, I'll definitely come back. It's really been a pleasure Thank to meet you, so you and much. to talk with you and to kind of think about these kind of things, you know, from my mm -hmm. perspective. I don't, I don't get a lot of reflection time right. every day because yeah. I'm busy. So it's good to reflect on some of these things. Uh. I love it. Yeah. Happy holidays. Thank you. Thanks you too. so much. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. Now, this is the last episode of 2022, but we will be back in 2023 right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us at any time on Apple Podcasts. In 
the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good, be well, and happy holidays. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lux, WLXU 93.9 LPFM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lux, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.